Welcome back to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Tanner. I'm the host today, and this is episode 39. Welcome, everybody, back to uh, E6 Podcast. This is episode 39. I am in the room with the man, myth, and legend, Lauren Jones. Say hi to the people, Lauren. Hey, people. <laughs> hey, people. <laughs> hey, people. Uh, uh, Brooke's not here with us today. It's really cool. Brooke doesn't actually ever get to get away. but um, He really doesn't he, get away. It, it doesn't It's because he's got so many stinking kids, <laughs> so much responsibility. I tried to tell him, man. I don't know what you're doing here. But, <laughs> but Brooke is away at a Compassion International kind of conference. I don't really know how to describe that, but he's learning a lot about what Compassion International is doing um, and making some really good connections. You have a little bit of um, connection with Compassion. Yes, a lot of good history with Compassion International and maybe a little bit of a teaser for our listeners and especially our colonial folks. Uh, we are going to lean heavily, and I, and I can't say it strongly enough, heavily into the ongoing worldwide ministry of Compassion International. That's going to be one of the key ways our church becomes more and more globally focused. Okay. And because uh, Brooke's job, in part, is to help us be way more globally focused as a church, uh, we have sent him off uh, to, uh, to really get to know our Compassion partners better, and he's coming back uh, with a lot of resources. Uh, little teaser, December all of our church is going to know a lot more about compassion. Uh, and yeah. I cannot wait. We've, we've sponsored several kids for a long time through Compassion International. Um, and I know several of our other uh, pastors and, and key leaders here at Colonial have done the same. So it's not new to some of our core people, but probably for most of our people, it's going to be a very new Yeah, I would say, endeavor. so give, just brief snapshot. You mentioned child sponsorship, but yes. for those who don't have any idea what compassion is, Brief snapshot. Um, Compassion International, uh, obviously, is international. It focuses on children. It blesses the whole family. It blesses the whole community that that they're in, the whole village, the whole city that they're in. But its first and foremost approach is really meeting the the needs uh, of food, of education, of shelter, housing, uh, and ultimately spiritual uh, needs of children, which... As any of us know, you meet the needs of kids, you're going to meet the needs of the whole family. Absolutely. You meet the needs of the family, you're going to meet the needs of the whole community. Totally. And so, and then on top of that, what I love is, you know, the American church um, that I've been a part of anyway, in different ways, at at worst, has sent stuff from a distance or has done these little short-term splash trips (laughs) uh, that sometimes are really helpful. Right, yeah. but, But a lot of times are just... Not really meeting the the actual biggest needs. It's like a short term kind of benefit. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and I think it's done more for us than for frankly, it's exposure yeah. Yeah. for us to see the world differently. Right. But ultimately, what I love about Compassion International is it's really about building up local people, local churches, local child development centers, and so even the way the Joneses, for example, send money to Compassion. Uh, specifically for four little girls in three different countries, we're really sending money to Compassion for locals there to pour into those kids. Yeah, And I love that. We're we're really supporting the local church. In fact, one of the things we might do over time is we might plant a new child development center and church in a given community, which is way cool. That'd be so cool to dream Uh, about that and do that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, so it's, it's a fantastic ministry. It's... It's one of the few um, just Jesus-honoring ministries that I'm firsthand familiar with that if you told me we're going to put a ton of our time, energy, and resources into partnering with them, uh, pinch me. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's I go. love it. I right. love so much of what they do and how they do it. Yeah. They love Jesus. They love people, and we're, we're partnering with them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Brooke right now is learning a lot more about them that he didn't already know. And he's connecting with some of their key people so that we can partner with them effectively. I love it, man. So December, peel back the curtain and it'll... Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll learn, we'll learn a lot more about it. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, normally we don't jump directly into deep conversation. Uh, 
but we feels like we already aired on on a little bit kind of heavy. But I want to ask you a question. Uh oh. Um, right off the bat. Right off the bat, man. Heavy? No, no, not heavy. Uh, what could be if you're not a Cowboys fan? Oh well, that answers that, that question. Answers that question. Isn't everybody a Cowboys fan though? Oh, Tyler? is that what? Is that what? I'm confused. Is that it's what America's we're... team? <laughs> What are you, a communist? There might be some people who disagree with that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what do you think about your Cowboys? Man? I'm They're kind of on excited. a little winning streak. We're right now. Uh, five and one. Uh, pinch me on that as well. Uh, yes. My first 24 years of life, we were in eight Super Bowls. <laughs> my last 27 years of life, not good. No. Like, <laughs> so uh, it's a tale of two have lives, I yeah, think. Right. No, yeah, yeah. We're finally pretty good this year. We'll see what it happens. pretty good, yeah. It was I an like ugly it. win last night against the Patriots, but the Patriots are from Satan, so um, <laughs> I'll take a win there. Take a win on that one? Yeah, yeah even if it was ugly. <laughs> Bill okay. Belichick, he's, he sold his soul a long time ago. Yeah, a long I'm, time ago? Yeah, okay. That's good. I loved it. I, I've, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and there's some uh, there's some uh, longtime colonial people who are oh, I love, Cowboys fans. There are obviously a lot of Cowboys fans here because we're in Texas and a couple yeah. hours from Dallas, but I love there are several colonial folks that are consistently, every time we win, which thankfully is several times lately, it's like, Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're going to the Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> we, we say that every year. Every year. It's been, it's been a few decades. It's awesome. It's good. <laughs> awesome. Well, good. Hey, I'll shift gears to, um, one, I'm glad you're here because I've missed, I missed you on the podcast. Thanks. I've, I've talked to several people over the last few months that, that have missed you. You've been much more missed than hit with us. Um, and that's not your fault. That's just we've done things differently. But I love your heart, and I love doing this with you. Thanks for pinch hitting. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to say, just on a fun note, one of my favorite things I experienced yesterday, I don't think I said this to you after church. Okay. Uh, we've got some amazing ladies that are on the front row in second service that are so real, mm-hmm. and um, that are part of a really neat ministry here in town, and Colonial has become their church. And uh, I met one of them for the first time yesterday. Yeah. Her name was Haven. Haven, yeah, yeah. I met Haven yesterday. You met Haven? Yeah. Uh, I saw her across the auditorium before we were starting, and uh, she had an Iron Maiden T-shirt yes. on. Yes, yeah. And so I had to go meet her, because yeah. I had an Iron Maiden cassette tape uh, in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and I hid it from my parents. Yeah, you did. Because there's no way my parents would have been remotely okay with me listening to Iron Maiden. <laughs> But I, I couldn't help but laugh and talk with her, and she's like, oh, yeah, I got some other you know cool rock rock band T-shirts, and so I joked, I want to see what she's wearing next week. Yeah. But uh, really sweet lady, just talked to her for a, a minute, and she had not been to church uh, in at least a long, long time. Mm. And uh, so I was really hoping and praying she had a good experience. And then when you guys started with uh, Graves, was it Graves in the Gardens? Is that yeah. the name of the mm-hmm. song? Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh on the guitar was jamming, and yeah. Cody back there looks like he should be an Iron Maiden. Oh, I, you know, probably could be. Yeah, and just yeah, good enough. Yes, and, definitely. And has the the tats and the the beard and oh yeah, and just the joy in the drum kit of passionate. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I just was like, oh, I, I think I think my friend Haven is is loving <laughs> this. It, yeah. You know, and uh, and sure enough, afterwards she said, I really enjoyed being here today. That's awesome. And that makes me so happy uh, knowing that somebody else probably was like, this is too loud. Or sure. why can't we sing, you know, How right. Great Thou Art in yeah. Shakespearean English or whatever. Yeah. But, but I just, and we can't please everybody, but I just have so much love and appreciation for your team. And I'm such a music lover, too, that you guys are good. And, and then more important than anything, you take us to the throne. You worship. It's not performance. It's... I love your desire to create space Thanks, for man. us to refix our eyes on on our king and remember the things he has done and he is doing that we keep forgetting. And uh, well, I gotta say, man, our team makes it easy to do. Our team is—you've got a great team. I couldn't ask for any you've better. Got a great These guys are—they're amazing. Uh, they're dedicated. They're devoted. They love Colonial. Love Jesus. And. Um, it's been great. Well, I don't know that a lot of people know. I mean, I, I'm the more I talk, probably reveal my ignorance as well. But because I'm not that musically inclined, um, <laughs> but like I've been a part of churches where even really good worship teams, really talented people, they use tracks 
to yeah. to like play behind them and right. add a whole lot to the sound and and I'm not saying I have a you know philosophical problem with that because sure. it just it sounds great and yeah. it adds to the experience mm-hmm. but I think a lot of our people don't even realize everything you guys do is raw and and without help yeah you we know? don't yeah we don't you uh, might have a little reverb on a on a vocal mic or yeah. something like that but and I say that a little yeah. bit naively. <laughs> But that's that a good use. That was was that, did I do that, that was right? Great. It's correct. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but that's far from a track. That's far from. Yeah, we don't really have any keyboard in this song, but you can hear it. Right. And we we where's the keyboard player? There's yeah. three different percussion instruments in this song, but yeah. there's only one percussionist on right. stage. Like, right. you guys don't do that. No. Well, to be fair, we uh, several years ago we uh, we used tracks. There's a uh, multi tracks is kind of like if you're releasing music for your church, you're putting stuff on multi tracks because. Okay. It allows other churches who don't do not have the resources, oh, who see. don't have the people, trying to build up some people. They they do that. Um, they play uh, use tracks, um, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's an MP3 of this professional musician in the studio, yeah, recording it, and you play it back, and then the pieces that you have at your church join in with it. Um, you know, there's a lot of churches that are using that, and I have nothing personally against uh, using tracks. Mm-hmm. I think it does enhance, um, and we just um, we realized that kind of the way that we made the shift from using tracks to cur- currently what we do, which is all of our musicians, mm-hmm. is I just don't think you have to have um, that really cool synth part to execute worship well. Um, I just don't think that's uh, incredibly important. Mm. It's 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 awesome. It's yeah, great, right? But I would actually rather uh, build into our team. Mm. And if I don't have this specific, what we this is what we found. I've been doing. I've been here at Colonial specifically, coming in February be, be ten years, mm-hmm. building into this team, building into this community. And so I have history here, and I know I've seen what happens when you have tracks or when you seem to fill the space um, that maybe somebody in the room would look at and go, I could do that. They don't seem to have that person or whatever. It's allowed us to help uh, build our team. I see. Um, rather than p- making the impression of, we don't need any. Oh, oh you got it covered, you yeah. know? Uh, and so yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe given a nudge to some people. And then the other part of it, it's just fun to play with these musicians. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of creativity that yeah. comes in when, hey, you don't have a keyboard player. You don't have this rhythm guitar player or whatever. You know what? You're, you're actually uh, reading my mail because <laughs> I've been here three years and you still don't have a good triangle player. And I am, I am <laughs> up for that. I know you are. <laughs> and, and I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. I understand. So if there could be a groundswell amongst our listeners... <laughs> For triangle, not cowbell. Maybe no. I'll but, tell but you what. Triangle. I'll tell you what, man. If we get if we get the emails and phone calls about, did Lauren you guys hear that? Triangle. If we get the emails to podcast at colonialchurch.com. Yep. Don't send them to Tanner because he won't show them to me. No, I won't. Send them to podcast at colonialchurch.com. <laughs> that we need more triangle from if, Lauren. It, let's just start with more triangle. Okay. Because I'm oh I'm already. I'm gifted. You're there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't say I'm trained because there's no formal training out there. There should be, but uh, groundswell people. Let's yep. bring it. It'd be great. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. You guys, you have the power to make it happen. I've got a fever. <laughs> I've got a fever. <laughs> the only cure is more triangle. More triangle. Instead of cowbell. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, okay. for, thanks for all you do. Too. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for allowing me to use my voice that way. And um Thanks for allowing me to uh, pour into people, and it's good to have my daughter back from Stillwater. Yesterday. I got to see I got to see her yesterday. That she was came awesome. home. She's a freshman up at college, and she came home. And again, I knew this was coming. She leans over to me in the middle of worship and goes, "Man, Tanner's so good." <laughs> and and I know that's blowing up your head right now, but she's you know she's trying to find a church home in a college town. And there's some great churches up sure. in Stillwater. I'm oh, great confident she's going to yeah. find some good ones. Mm-hmm. And there's great gifted worship mm-hmm. pastors and leaders. And and she still has the the wherewithal to go. Man, Tanner's. She didn't say it like this, but God has blessed Tanner um, with, <laughs> well, with mad chops. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but finding church is hard anyway. Finding church is hard. It's it's you, you get a you get a sick thing. I had coffee this morning with somebody who's who's. You know, is colonial the church for them? Yeah, they they're enjoying it, but they've got questions and and other options. You know, yeah. moved here from out of town and totally. Uh, I respect that. You got to find a, a pl- instead of hopping around and um, 
Yeah, I would think I, I would say you know you've got to give it time enough to to build into, and sometimes if you don't find what you're looking for at churches, maybe God's put you there to create that. Help, yeah, help be a solution to yep a problem or fill the gap. Yep. Um, rather, than I also think I, this is unsolicited, but I think there's something maybe maybe one of our listeners needs to hear. There's something about sticking. Yeah, I think our the grass is greener in so many ways in our heads about mm-hmm. everything relationships. Jobs, schools, all of it, houses, cars. I mean, fill in the blank. The grass just seems greener all the time. Yeah, we have a preferred picture in our we minds. Do. And church, you know? church falls into that same way of thinking. And because it's about people, uh, there's something about sticking. And so, yeah. um, I don't say that because I don't want to lose somebody. I say that to people maybe who just started coming to Colonial. Because they're disenchanted with their other church in town. Sure, there's something about yeah. sticking. Yeah, it's 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 um stick. Being on the other side of that, being on the other side of that, where people have um, experienced hard times at a, at a, in a community of people. Yeah, frustration, uh, uncertainty, all yep. that stuff. Having questions and doubt. Um, yep. I've been on the other side of people who have who have left, um, and it's it's damaged our relationship. Uh, it is. It, it kind of bums me out for mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. Uh, for us. Mm-hmm. And then I've been on the other side of people who have just committed to stick through that. Yep. And it's strengthened our relationship, even if we in, still end up on opposite ends of how we think about something or yeah. or an issue. We have a better relationship because of it. Yeah. And so that's kind of that's what I want for my family. That's what I want for for people yep. who come to Colonial. Me too. Um, I, I've been I've referenced this a couple times in the last few weeks. I'm still working through a book called Winsome Conviction, uh, disagreeing without dividing the church. Mm. And uh, man, the authors do such as two authors. The authors do such a good job of saying there's a time and a place to separate. There's a time and a place to walk away from relationship or community. But they do such a good job of showing in Scripture. It's it's the rare exception. Yeah, it's the rare exception. Like Paul and Barnabas split up. They 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 literally had a disagreement. Uh, specifically, they saw young John Mark very differently, and Paul was really frustrated and said, "No, we can't do this together." And they literally went in different directions. Uh, but there are, for that example, there are fifteen other examples of working through the hard stuff, sticking, yeah. uh, fighting for unity as our guest teacher Randy helped yeah, us with mm-hmm. a couple Sundays ago, right. as Acts 4 talks about. Um, and so, man, there's something about sticking, you know, with rare exceptions. Yeah, I like that. Like how you put it, it's, it's the the separation aspect. Even with friendships, exception. even yeah. with relationships, it's it's it should be the rare exception that we just mm-hmm. walk away. Right. Um, but I, I would say, unfortunately, more often than not, uh, it's the default. Well, what's the term these days? Ghosting, you know? Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. learning that from my kids, is that <laughs> yeah. they they just are so hurt so often. It's like a common experience to be ghosted, which I'm going to be the old guy here. My understanding <laughs> of what it means to be ghosted is now that person doesn't call, text, snap, or anything else. They don't respond, yeah. Or even respond. And so the person you were interacting with, maybe maybe multiple times a day, all of a sudden goes dark. And you may see them in the hallway the next day, but they don't make eye contact. And it's this this very immature, I would call it an adolescent way of doing life. Totally. Because you're like, no, I'm done. And I think that's the extreme version of what we're even talking about. Right. Is is ghosting each yeah. other. Even in the church. We it all comes back to Yeah. We're all sinners. So it's it, right. All that stuff gets played out even we'll in the church. We'll carry it with us. Yeah. yeah. Well, this last weekend we jumped um you you uh you got some not necessarily time away uh you were still here and around and got to spend some time with uh, with Randy when he was teaching and this past weekend yesterday you got to be back on stage yes. uh, and continuing our series in book of acts um tell us just give us a brief uh description what were we talking about yesterday where were we headed well really two things we probably can two different areas we could dive into a little bit more deeply here in the podcast one is we we skipped through purposefully on my part the hard to swallow I called it the hard to swallow section at the beginning of Acts chapter five where Ananias and Sapphira uh, a married couple 
is basically caught with their hand in the cookie jar. They have held back from giving to the community. Um, they gave something, but they they lied about it. That's the big issue. It wasn't really about giving. It was about deceit. Mm. Uh, and they were struck dead. And, you know, for all of us who just love the beautiful, amazing grace of God, it's, it's whoa, what just happened? Yeah. Light, it's, the, it's that, that lightning strike from above that we joke about mm-hmm. that we actually see happened. And, um, and I, I just went through that quickly, and, it, and I invited people to ask more questions sure. about, the, about <clears throat> difficult parts of Scripture, difficult parts of our faith. So I'd love to talk about that a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. And then the other part was... I'd love to talk about as well, which is um, what I understand from even even these amazing signs and wonders the Bible talks about, the healings, uh, the power of God on display, the goodness of God on display, what that means for us as 21st century post-Pentecost Christians. Yeah. Uh, it's It's doing it. It's the call on our lives to bring his kingdom here, uh, which I think we don't talk about enough. We talk about yeah. relationship with God and and the beginnings of connection with God, but we don't mm. talk enough about, okay, it's way past that. It's more than that. It's, it's the activity. It's the faithful um, intentionality of, of being the people of God who bring his kingdom here to our workplaces and our schools and our neighborhoods. And so let's talk about both those things. Yeah. 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 So let's start with, um, uh, it was kind of a whopper to start with, to start the, uh, the, the conversation yesterday off with, um, I think, uh, is, um, the, the 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 two young men who buried your husband are outside. They're outside waiting for you. And they're going to care. They're going to, they're going to carry you. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's startling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for any of you who have jumped back onto the podcast with us today going, whew, I'm so glad that's going to be cleaned up and tidied up and make me feel better, <laughs> you're in the wrong place yeah. um, because it's troubling. It's troubling. Yeah. Uh, but I'll give you this. I, I alluded to this yesterday. This is my conviction, um, trying to see the whole of Scripture as context. Uh, it's ama- I, I tried to say it very briefly yesterday. It's amazing to me how... I really, really, really want to embrace the the holy, all powerful God, who just lavishly pours His blessings on me. But for some reason, I resist embracing the same holy, all powerful God. Uh, I'm fine with Him cheapening the grace. I'm fine with Him lowering the bar, which does that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. He wants all of me. He 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 is perfectly holy, and he loves me like a dad loves a perfect dad loves his kids, right? But he also perfectly wants the best for me, and he's content with nothing less. And how those two things come together is 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 hard. It's it's complicated, mm. um, and that's that's probably my my only attempt today on a Monday of trying to bring sense to Ananias and Sapphira falling over dead, is I look back at Scripture, and I think that when something big and new is happening, I, I read, sometimes God goes to extremes. I think maybe to communicate, this really matters. So, for example, what we were reading about in Acts, this mm-hmm. is this is it doesn't get any bigger than this. It doesn't get any newer than this. This is the new church based on the new recent work of Jesus. And I, I think God is saying, I'm getting fired up as I think about it. <laughs> I think God is saying, I want all of you. Mm. And I've got a new thing for the whole world. And nope, 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 just a little bit of you, not enough. Bam. Now, he did not say Ananias and Sapphira went to eternal damnation. Sure. He did not say they're going to suffer. He did not say they went to hell. He said they're done, you know? Um, and I, I look back at, go all the way back to the garden. Mm. Uh, Adam and Eve, they messed up one time. Out. And they're out of the garden. Wow. And part, part of that's every bit as troubling to me as Ananias and Sapphira die in, in Acts chapter 5. Yeah. 
But I think it's God saying, this is, this is huge. This is new. This matters. You are my most precious creation, and I love you, and I want what's best for you. And, oh, you're holding back? Nope. That's not how it's going to be. And did he kick? I mean, he, in fact, he kicked all of humanity out of the garden in that sense. But I think back to there's, there's a few other times even in the Old Testament where some catastrophic things happened. Um, I'm thinking of Moses faithful, leading for decades the people to the promised land. And he finally gets to the promised land, and he does one thing wrong. <laughs> he strikes the rock. Uh, I don't know how, I can't remember the exact reference, but he he doesn't do exactly what God tells him to do. He disobeys God. Right. And, and out of context, it's like, that's not even that big a deal to us. But God said, no, no, this is a whole new season for my people. I'm bringing you into the promised land where you're going to be, and you're going to be a blessing to the world from here. I want all of you, and there's catastrophic consequences for holding back. So the the theme to me with what I would call the seemingly inconsistent Yeah, is, is he this way? Is he this way? Yes. Yeah. It, it seems to me the, the take this with a grain of salt. This is, you know, I'm no great theologian, but but my conviction as I look at the scriptures and and what might be uh, might appear as inconsistent it seems to me God is very intentional at different times to be extreme. Yeah. And I think it, it begs the question, okay, Lord, why are you being so extreme there? What, what, do, mm-hmm. what do I need to take in? Uh, and maybe sometimes it's like, I still don't get it. Maybe at the end of our prayer and thought process and even leaning into some smarter people than us, we still are dissatisfied with the answer. But I think what I've been able to find is at times I can go, you know what? I think I hear you saying this really matters. I think you. I think I hear you. I think I see you drawing a line in the sand again at a pivotal time mm-hmm. for something big and new, and you want all of us. And, right. and again, he didn't send Moses to hell. He just said, "Moses, you can't go into the promised land." He didn't send Ananias and Sapphira to eternal damnation. He just said, "You don't. You don't get to be a part of my new church." Yeah. And so I, I think we've got to be careful about how far we take this unfairness. Well, or, yeah, even even like to the assumptions that we make based on, you know, like like what was the end goal for Ananias yeah. and Sapphira? Like what's the what was the end goal for them specifically? Mm. We can create our own story. And we have to be careful about that. Right. And take it at like this is what was said, you yeah. know. This is what happened. Um but it 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 is a it's a it's a stark contrast. It seems yes. It's a stark contrast between what we in the Western Church really emphasize about God, yes, being this loving, gracious yes. Father, rather than this. No, no, no. We're starting something new, and and you deviated. You yes, know? and and now you're out of the game. Right. Uh, it that seems to be a contrast as yeah. to the character and heart, but. I like what you said. If you take it back to what I hear him saying, or what I what I see, or what I gain from this, you know, is this is foundational. This is mm. this is important. It's not you, arbitrary. No, yeah, it's 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 like this is this is to be. Uh, this needs to go. Maybe even like uh, to highlight on the word new. This needs to go well. Mm. This needs to go well to gain traction. Yeah. To be what it what I intend for it to be, right? And if you, I think about like there's this illustration of, um, like a a battleship firing a torpedo. If 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 this torpedo at the at the uh, exit point of the ship is deviated even an inch, a centimeter away, we'll draw that out. You know, a mile to the target, mm. it's going to be way off, way off. You know, yeah. And so maybe even some of those things that we see happening through Scripture is, no, 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 I can't let this take it, take it remotely off target. That's a great analogy because in the moment you're on the deck of the battleship or you're in the you know the, the you're part of the firing mechanism, right? And you're like, come on, what's the big deal? It was barely off. Yeah, how can like like that young you know torpedo yeah. dude right. gets demoted, right? And you're like, that's not fair. Yeah, I was off by a millimeter. Yeah, and what he understandably can't yeah. really appreciate is yeah but we missed the enemy by a half mile right yeah exactly <laughs> um and so i 
I don't think that's a leap. I think that's a good analogy that it's back to, you know, one of, one of the passages, I believe it's in numbers says, you know, God says, my ways are higher than your ways. Mm. Uh, My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And at some level, this, we will never fully You're right. understand You're the right. mystery of God. We're, we're not, we're we're not, not God. To. <laughs> if we could, we'd be God, and right. we're not. And so I, I don't think that means... I, I don't I don't want to be a part of the church, of a church, where we're not asking the hard questions, where sure. we're not downright frustrated. Seeking to understand. And, and and seek, and... But at some level, somewhere, somebody in the conversation eventually, in every one of those moments, has uh-huh. to say, can we land finally, at least pause today, and say, we're not God. Yep. Is he trustworthy? Is he not? Yep. In, in the context of everything else he's done, this thing drives me crazy. Uh, like I'm picturing the new young church yeah. and somebody being friends with Ananias and or Sapphira. Yeah. Somebody was was scared. Somebody else was mad. Somebody else was confused. And I hope and pray, and I trust somebody was in the room going, do we, what, what do we know from Jesus? Remember we hung out with him, you know, nine weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we know about what he taught and modeled, and and revealed about the heart of the God who loves us? Context, people. This right. this one thing drives us crazy. This one thing is confusing. Mm-hmm. Context is he has he been good to us? Yeah. Are his promises, you know, amazing? Many of which have been fulfilled already. Many of which we're just looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Can we count on him? And and I think. That's another reason why we gather consistently. It's another reason why we interpret Scripture together and not off in the corner by ourselves. Right. It's because we need somebody in the room going, he's still good. You're right. God is good all the time. Yep. And there's, there's blips. There's maybe even what seem in the moment to be major roadblocks. But um, I'm so thankful. I don't know how many of our listeners can attest to feeling the same way. Maybe some of, them, maybe some of you listening right now are not there. I, I am selfishly grateful that that God's brought me to a place where I'm grounded and um it's why my brother can, can I go down that rabbit yeah. trail it's why my brother can lose his wife at 45 mm-hmm. be grief stricken and really struggling thank you all so many of you that have been praying for my family and my brother's family specifically don't stop uh he's told me recently he's got a new superpower and it's it's crying <laughs> uh, yeah he's grieving well yeah but you know what? He's grounded in the goodness of God. It's not some crutch. I'm watching. I'm watching, and I'm loving it. It's not some coping mechanism. He is grounded in the goodness and the generosity and the love of, of God uh, so that he can still be frustrated in the moment and angry in the moment and sad in the moment about loss and things not being how he wishes they were. But he is not completely overwhelmed with despair because of context. Right. Because God's been so good. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I I think at some level that's where we have to land with the most difficult aspects of the Bible, as well as in our life experience, the most frustrating, troubling things that come to us in the midst of trying to be faithful and and insist to a watching world, no, 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 he really is good. I know that I know another bad thing happened, but <laughs> right. he really is good, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the challenge. Right. Well, I loved, uh, so I, the, you said, like, this is why we need to gather. This is mm-hmm. why we need to get together, because we um, we either don't know, uh, and, and, and we need to know, or we have forgotten, yes. and we need to be reminded. Yes. And uh, there's a, a worship pastor, uh, kind of a mentor of mine, his name's Aaron Keyes, and I've heard him say uh, multiple times, um, selfishly as the worship pastor here at Colonial, uh, I like to say this as well because it illustrates what is so true for me, is that all throughout Scripture, we read and we read, and and maybe circumstances, experiences in our life have shown us that God is right. Mm-hmm. But when you gather together on a weekend, on a Sunday, at a particular event the church is hosting, or even with your small group gathering together mm-hmm. and with prayer and with scripture studying and um, even with worship moments, mm-hmm. you're reminded that God is not just right, but He is good. Mm. And that's what, mm. that's what a weekend illustrates for me um, when I get to look around and see people, when mm. I get to meet um, new people coming to the church, mm-hmm. is I get to be reminded that 
God's not just right, which can be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. He's also good, which is liberating. Yes. And uh, I hope you're listening to yourself, Tanner. I want to say <laughs> this in front of all of our listeners, because your job really matters. <laughs> I believe that. Um, I think <laughs> I've joked with Tanner quite a bit about this, <clears throat> and maybe even some of you have joked with him about this. It's easy to think Tanner works uh, 18 minutes twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> he leads us in three or four songs and prays over us, and then he goes back to his Xbox. Got the dream you know? job, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is not true. There's so many other things that you're doing to pour into people, to pastor, to creatively plan with us for the whole church, uh, crisis that you're, crises that you're stepping into as a pastor with people. Um, there's so many things I, 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 I've told you this privately, I'll say it out loud on the podcast, I think that God's gifted you as a teacher, and uh, at the ripe old age of 29, I'm, I'm excited about you growing in that area, and I'm doing it wrong if, if I don't help you spread your wings a little bit, teaching moving forward, um, all the more reason why I'm excited about you pursuing more education, and mm. we, need, we need to, our church needs to rally behind you and equip you for more kingdom work, uh, but I say all that to say, even your... 18 minutes times two, <laughs> which is not all you do, but it's the public part right. of what you do, really matters. Uh, and I, because it's just, it's pivotal for us to understand for the first time or to remember what's forgotten. Uh, it's why we get together. It's, yep. it's, and, and, and my job, you know, I don't, I don't think my teaching is enough for anybody. Sure. Uh, but it's important. Because Absolutely. we've got to come together and, and refix our eyes, refix our eyes, refix our eyes mm-hmm. on on who he is and what he's doing and what he's calling us to. And so I hope you're listening to yourself. You're preaching to yourself a little bit. It matters that <laughs> we come to listen to- back. <laughs> <laughs> it matters. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, well, so you talked about two um, two different parts of kind yes. of you, you, this this really difficult mention. Yeah. At the beginning, with um, yeah, you're out. You're out of the game. You know. Um, and then we kind of shifted gears a little bit um, into, uh, and you used an illustration that actually spoke really highly to me because as a musician, I paid a lot of attention to this. Yeah, uh, we talked about like the gathering places mm-hmm. and and the ways that um, people would would meet together. And there's always been sort of this question in my mind as I've read through Scripture, as I've as I've um, gotten to the point of seeing like religious leaders being really frustrated with Jesus and, and his followers and mm-hmm. what was happening. It's always been this question as to, man, why? Why was it such a, an attack? Why was it such why, why was this this felt kind of dissonance, not just by the things he was saying, uh, because he did he did call into question the ways that religious leaders were leading people right. and the things that they were sowing in communities. But even with like the way in which he did it. Um, you kind of talked about uh, um, what if you had this big concert venue and you had this uh, this band that you paid to come in and they're headlining a show and packing the place out and this little group of musicians show up outside, almost kind of boycott the, <laughs> the, the gathering that's happening in there. Um, and then they ended up gaining more traction. What would that do, you know, mm. to to the way that you are perceived in the community to the relationship you have with some of those people. Mm. Um, can you expand a little bit on that? Because that I'm, I'm really, mm. I'm really in tune, I think with that, like that's where I want to kind of yeah in on some of that stuff. Yeah. I think, I think I, I, I'd like to think even me sharing it as a teacher is, is revealing that I'm learning that too. I think, I think, a lot of us go. Why did Why didn't the Jews accept Jesus? Why couldn't they yeah. see the writing on the wall, so right, to speak? Right. And obviously, some of them did. Yeah. I mean, everybody that he called his first disciples were Jews. Yeah. Uh, all of the first Christians by the thousands were Jews. Were Jews. We, yeah. we forget that. Yeah. You know. Um, but the reason it he it was so hard. Let's just shift to the early church. The reason it was so hard for the early church, and we're going to read more and more about that as we get into Acts six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, is because it was it was a big new thing that was exploding and it was it was drawing people away from the orthodox Jewish teachings uh, 
mm. uh, and calling into question what was central for everybody. Um, and the cool part is they that if you got up close and took a look, you couldn't look away. Mm. I mean, there were healings taking place. Right. There were people speaking your language, you know, miraculously. Uh, there was the level of generosity and sharing that blew your mind. Uh, there was a receptivity to the least of these that just was like, I want to be a part of that. Uh, but if you didn't, I think if you, I think for most of those who didn't get close enough, it was just a threat. It was just, mm. it was something on the, on the front porch mm-hmm. that is a distraction. Uh, and it was, it was borderline heretical. You know, it was, it was, they're saying the Messiah has come. No, he hasn't. <laughs> they're saying that the kingdom of God is here. No, it's not. And, uh, I think in some ways, Maybe this little bunny trail in the moment for me, but it, it speaks to. I think in some ways we just want our friends around us to get close enough. Yeah, you know they look from a distance. We are the angry, judgmental, uh, political, uh, hate-filled people, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and our hope as as genuine Jesus dis- disciples is if if we can get close enough to them, if they can get close enough to us. I just have all the confidence in the world. They're going to see Jesus yeah. for who he really is. Right. They're going to see the kingdom of God come and okay, then you got a hard then you got a hard fork in the road. Yeah. You know, you want to live for yourself, which mm-hmm. is still appealing, obviously. Yeah. Or do you want what you've been made for? Um so it helps me even just dwelling yesterday on the fact that they met in that huge central monumental temple at that front porch, Solomon's porch, Solomon's colonnade, it was, it was very much in the face. I don't think I even realized that till studying recently. It was very mm-hmm. much in the face of the established religious leadership. Um, makes me think back to The Chosen, too. Uh, yeah. I know you and I both have really enjoyed mm-hmm. The Chosen. One more time, we've said this six or eight times on the podcast, if you haven't watched The Chosen through their app, you have to go mm-hmm. through The Chosen app, you are doing it wrong. You yeah. are missing out. But one of the things I love about the way Jesus is portrayed in that chosen is he's very much on the outskirts. He's very much out in the little villages and traveling around, and and he's not necessarily disruptive at first. But then, you, and you can read this. This is not just some fictionalized portrayal on the screen. You can read this in the scriptures. He slowly starts to be more central. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the synagogue to read from the scripture and say, "Ah, that's me." What we just read, and he goes into the city and does some things on the Sabbath you're not supposed to do. And I love there's even a moment in the chosen where they're walking back out of the city, back into Nowheresville, and he even comments and says, "Yeah, I did that on purpose," <laughs> See, <yeah. laughs> which is not right out of the scripture, but it's consistent. With what we read Absolutely. about Jesus is okay. There's and, some real purposefulness. And the intentional, and, yes, yeah, intentionality. That you and I think that's with. what we see in the early church. Is totally, they could have met in the middle of nowhere on the side of a sea of Galilee. Yeah, they met at Solomon's stinking porch. Yeah, like that's in your face. That's right. That's you also ignore... high traffic area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't ignore it. Um, it's right next to the temple where we we want to pray anyway. It's yeah. not. It's not. Judaism is over. It's the continuation, sure. the completion of Judaism. That's what we believe as right. Christians. I think we miss that, by the way. Yeah. We miss as as Western Christians, Protestant Christians, Texas Christians, we miss that Jesus was Jewish, <laughs> that the blessings that God wanted to pour out to the world started with Abraham, Jewish, Wow. that they met on the front porch of the Jewish temple. Um, are we Jewish anymore? No. Are no. we Jewish? But our our... Our roots of understanding who God is are in that line, and it's fun to even discover that in the early church. Now, we're going to get there in a number of weeks and chapters where it's, it becomes global, it becomes right. international. Right, right, right. But we're still discovering the early roots of our faith through the Jews. Totally. We haven't got to Peter having a dream and everything changing. That's wow. coming, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I want to say this to you, just, uh, just another little plug for The Chosen. I am not a... I, I don't really soak up Christian productions. Yes. Uh, Christian music. I know, I know where you're Christian going. Christian movies, any of that stuff. But The Chosen 
it is extremely well done. Mm. And from what I've seen, very accurate. Yeah. And it is, I'm a visual person too. I, I love, yes. I love that creative expression. Yes. And it brings the scriptures to life for me. Yeah. It just totally does. Yep. That's, I would strongly encourage people to check I, it, check I it totally out. I totally agree. I, I, I feel like I'm a redundant, repetitive, whatever the word is. Did yeah. I just say redundant, repetitive? Redundant, repetitive. Uh, because I just love it so much. I, I think yeah. because I'm visual too. And, and I share your feelings of, I watch the old, the Passion of Christ I thought was really well done, but it was yes. it was like a niche part of the story. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but the greatest story ever told, the old 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 uh, NBC miniseries on right. Jesus, there's been several productions, and they're all just painful. They, it just... It's it's well. There's a cheese factor. There's yeah. I mean I mean in fairness, how do you portray God in the flesh through a human actor? And sure. I marvel at what they've pulled off with the chosen. It's insane. It's it's it really so is. well done. I think the Lord has His hand on it. I totally. don't I don't think anything less than that. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So uh, I I I don't want to move too far uh, ahead or any of that stuff, or even maybe not get to the heart of something that you are talking about. But there is something. That piqued my interest, uh, and it's just something I noticed uh, out of this weekend. Um, we we talked about um, we talked about like uh, I think there was a picture that you showed of where specifically we're talking about. It was a zoomed out version um, of the temple of the temple, uh-huh. and you mentioned like there's some. This is where people lived, and just to give us an idea of how massive this place was. Yeah, but then you said. Uh, you know, if you were if you were a woman, you were here. If you were uh, a non-Jew, a non-Jew a Gentile, you were here. Yeah. Uh, it's like in the separation of yep. like where you gathered. Yep. And then you talked about, and this was just the part that was interesting to me. So, <laughs> you talked about how even at Colonial we have, you know, an auditorium, and then we have a separate place for our children's ministry. We have a separate place for some gatherings in our cafe and some different conversations, and all that stuff. And that word "separate." It struck me, and I didn't like it. Mm. Uh, I didn't. I, I think there's time and place. I think there's, uh, you know, if I was, if I, if Lori, Lori Thomas, our children's ministry director, was in the room, and we were having a discussion about uh, a separate place for our kids to to follow Jesus, to to journey with Jesus, um, you know, I, I think uh, she would have a really good point to make with some of these th- different things. Um, but I didn't like, I didn't like the idea of us being separate. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, it left me feeling a little heavy with, yeah. with, or, or maybe even just contemplative. Like I was thinking through, like, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's that is actually a a, a cool observation. Um, I think that there, first of all, wherever that separateness is purely functional. Yeah. I, I, I think that's just appropriate. I would, I would and, think, I would think effective. I think ninety percent of what we do, the reason it's there is yeah, because like of the function. cafe, for example. Totally, there's nothing about that that's discriminatory no. or holding no, us no, back. No, no, it's no. it's got a separate space function, sure. You know? But to your point, where it's not functional, okay. Why are the women all over here in the te- Jewish temple, and why are the non-Jews over, over here? here? And and maybe this is coming back to part of what we even talked about with Ananias and Sapphira or mm. other difficult parts of Scripture, the holiness of God and what He holds us to. And don't don't misunderstand me about this is a patriarchal culture. Sure, sure, sure. And yeah. and there were some some distinctions even in classes and other things that Absolutely. may or may not have been from the Lord. Right. You know? um, but I, I think we we can throw the baby out with the bathwater, if I can use that cliche, and 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 throw out all standards, throw out all separate separateness of of choices in the in the name of grace, in the name of everybody just come into the same, you know, sure space. And and yet God in his mystery is like, no, no, I am holy and I, I want you to not do this and not do that and not do this. And I want you to I want you to behave like this and make these choices and um, at its extreme it it sounds like judgment uh in a negative uh hate-filled way sure and yet um 
it's 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 grace and holiness. It's man, so much of, of it come that tension comes mm-hmm. down to uh hey, well let's just let everybody in. <laughs> and yet at the same time, okay, God, it, it's it's that statement we like to say only the first half to, hey, it's okay if you're not okay. Yeah. But I love that celebrate recovery, if I can plug our our recovery ministry, CR, that meets mm-hmm. on Friday nights, seven o'clock here at the church. It's amazing. Um as they like to say, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Yeah. And that's where grace and holiness come together. Absolutely. It's okay just like you are. Yep. No separateness, no distinction, no judgment, but God wants more for you. God wants more for me. So how do we graciously, lovingly, but firmly move each other along mm-hmm. And and that may be a leap well, from where no, you're. But I, I I like. I mean, I do like what you're. I do like what you're saying because it's um, the introduction to Jesus. Um, it's it's okay to be wherever you are. Yeah. To be introduced. Yeah. But if you have an expectation of staying the way you are, yep. Once you meet him, you're probably going to be doing something wrong. Yep. Or you're going to be completely shocked by the transformation that's going to happen. You know what just instantly came to my mind, and and I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but I instantly thought of Jesus and the woman caught in adultery, mm. and uh, the religious, judgmental, holier than thou guys uh, caught her in adultery. There's this image in my head of she's you know, naked or barely has a sheet around her and they drag her out into public to humiliate her and shame her and say to Jesus, Hey, she should be stoned for this. The The punishment from our law is that she should be killed. And he saves her. He says, he calls them to the carpet and says, okay, well let the one who has not sinned throw the first stone. They all walk away convicted. Well, I guess I can't do it. And then he turns to her and says, is there anyone here condemning you? And she says, no. And he says, well, neither do I. Wow. Um, so he, it back to doesn't know the Lord, is not faithful, is not a Christian, so to speak, a, a little Christ, a, a follower of Jesus, and he is all grace. He is no judgment. And then fast forward, and it's not that long. What is it? A year later, three years later, Ananias and Sapphira, who are already in the community, already self-proclaimed disciples of Jesus, do know of God's love and grace and holiness, <laughs> hold back, and basically God says, that's not okay, bam. Mm. Like, like I just have those two side-by-side things in my head. But I think it does speak to, I don't see God's call to holiness to the person who doesn't know Jesus. I don't see it, it's 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 even helpful to me. I hope it's helpful to our listeners. When you go to work tomorrow, when you go to school tomorrow, and you're rubbing shoulders with people, even if they claim to know Christ, even if they claim to, you know, be active at a church, whatever, if they don't ultimately know the Lord and and God, the Holy Spirit is not in them and regenerating them, we cannot hold them to anything. We can't hold them to a certain behavior or certain values because they don't even know him yet. They have right. not been transformed yet. But then the flip side of that is, Tanner, you and me need to look each other in the eye, knowing mm-hmm. we love each other, knowing that we both know Jesus. And when you see me being selfish, when I see you being lazy, when you see me treating someone poorly, right. when I see you not honoring your wife the way you should or whatever, yeah. every time when you go, hey, brother, that's not okay, right? stop that. You know, Those are two very different right. things yeah, that right. need to go side by side. Totally you know? right. Um, and that's the tension we live in. Grace, 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 and yet calling each other to holiness. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, one's way more fun than the other. Yeah, you're right. I, at least for me. It's totally. so fun to be grace-filled with people. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's harder to have the hard conversations, especially because I don't, I don't want to be judgmental. Sure. I don't want to be... Perceived as I wanna, such, and I want to be liked. Damaged wanna, relationship, yeah. or yeah, anything. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to cause someone to be so hurt that they walk away. Um, boy, in that tough. I think so many things. You know, I opened a can of worms and said, "What's troubling to you?" It doesn't all fall into this, but so much of what troubles us about 
Christianity, about the Bible, it's putting those two things together. Yeah. It's the holiness of God and the grace of God. And how do those two, how do they overlap? How do they mix? How do they, when does one apply yeah. outright? And I, I think it covers a lot of the ground. Totally. You know? Well, and it reminds me it, uh, of something that you sort of ended with. Uh, well, I think it was towards the end of your of your teaching yesterday, which was uh, a conviction based on uh, what's going to change the world. Mm. Is it going to be, I'll, I'll put it in these terms, is it going to be this law, this rigid rigidness? Is it going to be this, this grace-filled relationship? And you, you kind of mentioned, I'm convicted. And I think relationship mm. is what is going to change the world. But that doesn't negate. And I love, you, I love how you said, like, I, we need to be thinking about doctrine and theological accuracy. And we need to be, as Christ followers, let's have the hard conversations. Let's wrestle with some of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, let's mm-hmm. not just put them aside. But at the end of the day, if one outweighs the other, then we're not living in accurate contention. It's 1 Corinthians 13. It's not a wedding passage. It's if I speak with all kinds of truth and wisdom and genius and I don't have love, it is annoying and uh, awful. Yeah. It's a cacophony of just bleh. Yeah. And that um, doesn't mean it doesn't matter. doesn't mean truth doesn't matter. doesn't mean... Uh, Fighting for biblical accuracy doesn't matter. It just means it's it's worthless without the love that comes underneath it, behind it, over it, in the middle of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the other extreme is true too. We can't just be so lovey dovey and grace filled that we never, you know, address the hard things. That we don't have a call to holiness that God clearly has for us, and that's. That's where the messiness of church is, I wow. think, you know? Yeah. Well, I, it makes me think I have a picture kind of in my mind, and it may not be completely accurate when it comes to how the construction works of it, but this is the picture that I have, uh, thinking about like a tension bridge. If if one specific point of tension is off, then it topples. It's, mm. it's, it's off balance. Mm. But the way that this is, the way that that bridge is created, or even think about like a... Like a you know a, a telephone pow- uh, tower mm-hmm. you know where these these anch- these lines that anchor these things if yeah. the tension is off one way or the other this thing doesn't stand yeah um, and I I think about these two things this this call to grace and love and also this call to holiness being these two if they're accurately placed then what happens is this amazing thing is standing yes and it and it moves forward yes um, but if it's not then it can topple. Yeah. Um, and it's just this life of being a Christ follower, yep. living in that tension. And part of the messiness of the church is we're always a little off. You're right. Like, I, as frustrating as that may be to hear for a lot of people, as frustrating as it is for me as a leader, um, I have never been a part of a church, and I never will be a part of a church in this life that's doing both those things perfectly. Yep. Uh, we're going to come off sometimes just a little too rigid, and we're going to come off other times as as too um, not too gracious because that sounds that sounds impossible, but too cheap cheapening of grace. Um, yeah. And it's that it's that fight for God honoring wisdom and discernment. Yeah, totally. Um, hey, I know we're we're close to wrapping up, and then yeah. we did we did have one question that specifically was proposed that that. Um, I wanted to address, yeah. uh, and it's a very it's very specific, but it speaks to a larger question. Um, can you read that question? Yeah, absolutely. For us? So we got a we got a question in for the from the podcast, um, and uh, basically asking it says um, in Acts eight the NIV NLT and several other newer versions of the Bible completely skip verse thirty seven, whereas King James version, New King James version have that verse Acts thirty seven. Which the verse it says is, then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the question specifically is, why would any Bible translation want to delete that from Scripture? Mm. Um, well, first of all, it does speak to a larger question of is where does our where do our English translations of this originally written in Greek uh, 
scripture? Where does it come from? Yeah. How do we know it's reliable? How do mm-hmm. we know what's accurate? And so not my area of strength. Of course, I studied this. Of course, I took some classes in seminary on this. And, and, and thankfully, we have a lot of resources we can immediately go to. But this, this uh, question asker is correct. Uh, if you, in fact, just for fun, go to your Bible, go to Acts chapter 8. Uh, the NLT, which is primarily what I read, goes there's 34, then 35, then 36, and then 38. And I'm like, whoa, easy to miss. Yep. Why is that not there? And that you might, if you have a study Bible or anything with footnotes, it might even you know explain this yeah. verse. But here's the deal, is there are thousands of copies of the original manuscripts. Like, take that in for a second. We don't have one single solitary originally written down by hand in Greek Bible. Um, there are thousands of written manuscripts and there are several different what they call codexes that were found at different times in history. And specifically, the original manuscripts, the oldest copies we have, did not have this particular verse in them. So let that sink in for a minute. Okay. So that's why these teams of people, this is not one dude sitting around with his computer, these teams of scholars and Bible teachers and people who speak fluent Greek and fluent English or German or whatever are getting together and and together debating and working on what is accurate. Um, They're looking at, okay, the oldest copies of our manuscripts don't have that verse. Let's be honoring to the consistency of what we have. Even if, like to this person's point, well, it sounds good, sounds consistent with other parts of the Bible. Yeah, but it's not in the original manuscripts. And then centuries later, there's several other, a bunch of other, excuse me, codexes, and manuscripts that we've found that have that in there. Uh, but here's my understanding is that uh, so much, think about this, we didn't have a printing press till was the 15th century? Yeah. Early 16th century, I can't yeah. remember the date. But um, a lot of even scripture was passed along with oral tradition. And so the speculation from some scholars is that that part of the conversation with Philip right there and the eunuch was was orally filled in a little bit, and therefore eventually somebody's writing that down. Um, and the only reason we don't we have it in some translations with a footnote going, yeah, this wasn't in all of them, or we don't have it in some translations, mm-hmm. and there's a footnote going, yeah, this other one does, is because this group of scholars is going back to the oldest manuscripts, and this group, uh, this team over here says, well, but it's consistent with what's been passed down. We're going to put that in there. Now, there's not very. To be frank, just before you freak out, anybody listening, there's not like a long list of these kind of discrepancies. Um, but it does speak to the process that that people went through, that the scholars have gone through to, to translate well for us. And so we can have some confidence in the reliability of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I'm thinking back to the end of the Gospel of John, and I go back to this a lot. John writes, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase here. I'm not reading it off the off the Bible, but um, he paraphrases. I'm paraphrasing it, and John basically says, "There's a whole lot more that went down, and if I was going to write it down, there would not be enough books to contain everything." Uh, and then there's even an implied, "Trust me, um, this is what this is who God is. This is what He's done." And so we don't have, even we watch something like The Chosen, yeah. you know, this fictional brought to the screen replay. Well, there's tons of conversation that's not from the Bible. Right. Because it's not all written down. All the conversation, you know, we read a little exchange between Jesus and Nicodemus. And there's this exchange back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it fills up a third of our page on the Bible. Well, guess what? They probably talked for an hour and a half. Right, it's not all there, you right. know, and so um, yeah, it's like it's like somebody who's taking notes of what right. was happening. Yes, you know, as even, even in the chosen, verbatim. I love that Matthew yeah. is constantly taking. He's it's like, I, I got to write this down. Yeah. It's almost like a funny. Wait, hold on, say that again because I'm writing this down. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> but but we have to believe ultimately God is not a riddler. It's not consistent with His character. Uh, he wants us to know what He has revealed. And he wants us to be okay with what he has not revealed. Um, to that verse specifically, it just wasn't in the oldest manuscripts. That's the short answer. Gotcha. Um, 
it's worth, man, I'm so glad this person asked, and I hope we're all at least curious. Like, can I depend on this? Right. Uh, where does this come from? Totally. Uh, why does it say that? Yeah. Um, we need to be students. That's great. Well, uh, thank you for the question. Uh, keep sending those questions in. Um, but we're going to pause today. Um, and so uh, we'll pick up, as usual, with our other podcast next week. Um, Can I make a couple quick reminder sure. announcements, Tanner? Yeah. Um, for all of our colonial folks, uh, look forward this weekend. Come party with us. It's either eight or nine people that are getting baptized. Yeah, baptism weekend. Looking and, forward to it. Oh, so excited. Specifically, one of my good friends uh, who did not know Jesus a year and a half ago is... Mm. Is, has fallen in love with Jesus, and we get to be there and celebrate as a church, much less the other people that I know a little bit less, some kids, some adults, some some different folks that are on their journeys with Jesus. Come celebrate with us. The week after that, which is the 31st, uh, I think we're encouraging all the kids to wear their fun costumes to church. Yep. Uh, we're going to have food trucks that are out and bounce houses, and uh, it's not a true huge event but it's an excuse for us just to hang out together Absolutely. on the 31st. So the next two Sundays specifically are going to be really, be really fun. fun for different reasons. Um, come come be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that mention. Well, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. Uh, you can always get more information about Colonial um, at colonialchurch.com. Or uh, if you need to download an app, we have an app on our App Store and Google Play Store. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. So send your questions and feedback to podcast at colonialchurch.com. Uh, we always welcome those questions. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll pick up the conversation again next week. <laughs>